our view of life has um, maybe morphed um, into our belief systems and uh, it affects everything that we do in the way that we operate here okay so first and foremost the thing that we really have to understand is that God creates all life the Bible is very clear from that in Genesis 1 the whole chapter it is talking about how God speaks things into existence and it says that uh, you know the world was out um, the world was without form in any kind of organization and it says you know it goes through the list that God said let there be light you know the famous um, line there from the Bible and then it talks about the firmament and that is like the the dome placed over the earth and then the separation of the dry ground from the wet ground and then he creates night and day he creates the seasons he creates you know um, he creates um, the separation of earth from the heavens um, then he you know then he starts to um, to fill the earth with uh, with grass and with trees and in how it the plants produced seeds so that they could multiply and replace and uh, in just the cycle of creation that God puts into place there and then um, he looks and, and, and then he fills it and he fills the oceans with the, the creatures that swim, that, the fish, and then he looks into the sky and he fills it with the, the animals that, that you know, fly, the birds and the beasts of the air. And then he looks out into the, into the wilderness, into the deserts, and then to the, to the grasses, and he fills it with animals, and he speaks all of that into existence, okay? So first and foremost, we have to understand that uh, this all just didn't happen because of some random explosion. The Bible is very clear that, that God creates all life, okay? And the way that he creates life is chapter 1, Genesis right from the get-go, is that he speaks it into existence, all right? Now, there's one exception to that rule, that he speaks and he creates and the one exception to that rule is when he creates man. And in the second chapter, when you're in the first chapter, he's talking about creating man. He looks out and sees the animals and, and says that, that it, everything looked good. And then he gets into, you know, we need to make man. And uh, he, it says there that when he creates man, he takes the exception of speaking it into existence. And he has a whole new kind of method here on how he creates man and it says that he actually formed him from the dust and then instead of speaking him into existence it says that god went up and he breathed into the nostrils of the man and he breathed the breath of life and when god breathed into the nostrils of adam adam became alive and that puts us on a different realm than any other thing in the existence of the universe, the heavens and the hells, okay? We have a different connection with God than anything else that has ever lived or been created. We have a different relationship than even the angels have who are created beings. And we have a different uh, a relationship with the animals. And we have 
a connection with God. And we were formed when he breathed life into man. And it was more of an intimate relationship. And as God, you know, developed a friendship with Adam and Eve, as he would walk in the garden, the relationship, the, the, um, the intimacy there is different than it is with all the other created beings, all right? So when God creates man, he does it in a total different way in, than he does with all the other creations that are listed in the Bible. And, and here, here's, here's the other bridge that I need to make is that, um, and, and this is where we go when it says that he created man in his own image. Now, the Bible says that we're not supposed to add human qualities to God. That when, you know, when, when, when as children we think of God, we think of, you know, an older-looking guy with a white beard, and, you know, and he's sitting on a throne, all right? And then we talk about how he took his fingers and made the rivers and all that stuff, all right? Um, that, you know, we're not really supposed to do that. It helps us with our um, imagination and helps us with our creation, and uh, beautiful poetry and, and songs come from that. Okay, but it says that when he created man, he did it in a different way, and he created male and female, and he created them, but he did it in the image of God. And what that means is that we are separated from all the other creatures. We have a soul. We have a conscience. You know, when, when the animals, you know, have the food chain, you know, that is a natural process that happens. But we are held to different accounts. And, uh, you know, we're not to waste animals. We're not to waste food. We're not to, to kill just out of the, the sense of killing. We're not to murder, all right? And, and, and it, in fact, the Bible goes into great detail, and it says that, you know, God will have an accounting at the end of the day of all blood that he created. And he will have to, and, and man will have to account for all the bloodshed that happened. So when, when he creates us, he creates us in his own image. And he puts a soul in us, and, we, and he wants to develop this relationship with us, okay? And here's, here's the bridge that I need you, is that the proof that we are created differently is that we are the redeemed. And when God came to earth, he came to earth in, a form, in the form of a man. So the bridge there in the creation is different than from any other creation or relationship with any other created being on earth, all right? So we are at a higher realm. We're even different with the angels. And I know that, that when, we, when we lose a loved one, you know, we, we, we like to, to make that, that correlation and that relationship that they are now an, an angel, and, and it's beautiful, and I get it, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, you know, or take that image away from you, and, uh, but, you know, in, in, in heaven, there are angels, and then there are the redeemed. There's the body of Christ that's going to happen, and, and the relationship's going to be totally different, and our relationship with Christ is going to be different in heaven than even with the angels, and when you see how the angels talk to God in Revelation, it's different than the than the tense that, that we use, that man uses when he speaks to God. It's more intimate, and it's more of a, of a worship and of a celebration, and it's because of the relationship that God has with man when he created us, and he created us in his image. Okay? And then 
John 1, it kind of redoes the creation story, and it says that in the beginning was the Word, and uh, we know that you can, um, you know, interject where it says the Word. You can interject Jesus, and it means the same thing, okay? So in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and God and Jesus was God. He was in the beginning with God. And now here's the important thing that I need you to understand, that all things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So here is, here is the important thing to, to remember. In, um, in our teaching, we talk about how we are created, like we just saw in the, in the previous slide, created in the image of God. And when I do a wedding, I think I said this a week or two ago, every time I do a wedding, I mention about that a wedding should resemble the Holy Trinity. So God created man in his image, and he created man to be in a family because God is a family. He is three in one. So you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they operate in perfect harmony. Okay, so God is the creator, all right? And then Jesus Christ is the life. And then you have the Holy Spirit who is our connection, our intercessor with Jesus because Christ is the intercessor between man and God. And so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, once we're saved, comes and lives in us, speaks to us, advises us, condemns us, gives us encouragement, you know, and uh, tells us, don't do this, do that, go speak to somebody, it's time to, to worship, and, uh, you know, you should be thankful for this blessing. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. And then he does not speak his own words, but he's speaking the words and reminding, reminding us of the teachings of Jesus Christ, who is always acting in the will of God the Father. It's in perfect harmony. And when we talk about being created in the image of God, we talk about coming together because it said God looked at Adam, he was alone, and he, he, it was not right. So he created a helper and put them in a family so that they were created in the image of God. And we are created in the image of God, and we should exist in perfect harmony as a family with a husband, a wife, and God operating because that resembles the image of God, okay? And then also within that, we also have to understand that God is the creator, but Jesus Christ is the life. And, and, and hang with me here on this, okay? Because Jesus is God, okay? It says right there. And then he was there from the beginning. He's not a created being. Jesus and Satan are not on the same two, two equal foes fighting. They are not equal foes. Satan is not an equal foe to Jesus. Jesus is God, the Son of God. He was not created. Satan is a created being, a fallen angel, okay? They're not on the same realm. So it says that Jesus was there in the beginning. He was there when everything was made, and in fact, it says that all things were made through him, and everything that was made was made through him, and anything that wasn't made wasn't made because it didn't go through him. So Jesus Christ is the life, all right? And here it is. All life that is created we have to understand that it is created with a purpose, all right? And God just does not accidentally create. And uh, um, God does not just, by happenstance, have things created and babies born and things like that. Every creature, every human 
on this earth was, was built with a purpose. In fact, in Jeremiah 1.5, it tells us that before you were even formed in your mother's womb, I already knew you, and you were born with a purpose. And so this is a, this is a true try to, try to rephrase our understanding about life. Because here's, here's where we are in this world currently right now, is that we have accepted the fact that you can classify life. And you look down through history, and there has been the caste system, there has been uh, the rich, there has been the poor, there has been the middle class, and there has been the really poor, the really wealthy, and sometimes there are those who do good, sometimes there are those who can't seem to do good and are always in trouble and have done this and that, and then sometimes we get to a point to where we look at someone and we say that their life's worthless and they're not worth saving, or we look at a, at a class of people and we say, well, they're not worth you know, helping or, or for whatever reason, um, you know, or that person gains the system, so you know, they're worthless, and then and now we have a fact, and, and I'm I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but why on earth does anybody on this earth need billions of dollars? Why do they need it? There are people starving to death. People, you know, little children, little children. I was watching on, on Facebook the other day, and there's a, a famous picture of a, of a little bitty child whose mother, you know, had been accused of being a witch over in Africa, and they killed her, and this baby was left, and nobody would take care of it because it was the descendant of a witch. And this, this little kid is starving to death, and, and he's bent down, crouched in a position, and he's got the, the, uh, the big belly from, from starving, and, and, there's a, and there's a vulture sitting in the background just waiting for him to die. And, and you think about a world of injustice, about how, how come this life gets so much value placed on it, and then this life doesn't? And why is this life okay to throw away, and this one's not? Because the Bible tells us that every life was built with a purpose, created with a purpose. Now, you may not always be fulfilling your purpose, and you might get sidetracked, okay? And, and, and you might be place yourself in a position where, you know, you need some things that happen to you. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying let's do away with the prison system. I'm not, I'm not going to extremes here. But what I'm telling us is that we have gotten to a situation to where we are comfortable placing different values on different lives. And even in this COVID, I mean, some, sometimes in some places, you know, I don't, I guess it's true. I don't know. I, read, I hear the same news that everybody else does, but they said that at some places they have to pick and choose who's, who's in a place to be saved and move on and who's probably not going to get there and let them, you know, keep them comfortable. I don't know. But what I do know is that God creates life. He created man in a different way. He created man in a special way. And he blessed us with the life. He breathed life into our nostrils. Jesus Christ is life, and we were all, every single one of us to ever live on this earth, were built with a purpose. Find your purpose if you don't know what your purpose is. Live your purpose. If you don't know what your purpose is, get down on your hands and knees and say, show me the purpose that I'm here. And let me say this, if you're, if you're still alive, you're here for a purpose. 
It's no time to take, take you know, to retire, recline, and, and, and disappear. We need all hands on deck. And then it goes on, it says, and it puts it into, into reality here, is that the, Satan, the thief, he comes to steal and kill. So Jesus is life, he's blessing, and then Satan is the one who comes to steal and kill. So when you think about some of the things that we're doing and how we got to a place to where we can put so much value on this life or this, these certain people, but on these people, they're okay, and, and you can throw away those people and, and you know, disregard those people and let's, don't even think about these people. And that is all because Satan has come and he has interjected so much sin into this world in that he has come and he has stolen from us all of our blessings. He has stolen our values from us. He has stolen our ability to place value on every kind of life. He kills the war, all, whatever, okay? And then he has come, and, and, and in the end, if we're not careful, this world would just destroy itself, okay? But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life. There's a statement straight from his mouth. This is a direct quote from Jesus Christ. He says, I've come that you may have life, all right? And it says here that Christ gives life. So even, even though we were born in a special relationship, in order to truly live, in, in order to truly live and not be dead in our sins because of the thief and the enemy, then you have to have Jesus Christ come and live in you, all right? And, and we have to be made alive. And even when we were dead in our trespasses, Jesus Christ still died for us, still went to... You, you understand what I'm saying there? You understand the connection I'm making there? Thank God that Jesus Christ didn't devalue some life and value some life as he's going to the cross. He put value on every single life as he carried his cross up Golgotha and he laid his life down for every single person to ever live. He didn't place devaluation on a certain class system he came as a man, and he didn't think that it was disrespect or a dishonor to come to a man because God asked him to do it, and he's always operating in the will of God. And it says there that, but God who is rich in his mercy because of his great love for us, and he didn't leave it theoretically, but he put it into practice. He loved us, and he proved his love, he displayed his love, that even though we were dead in our trespasses, that he made us alive and that he made us alive with the gift, the salvation of Jesus Christ, because it is by grace that you have been saved. And then it says Christ gives life, that should say life, through love. Okay? It's a different, I mean, it's a different, whole different concept than when you add love. Jesus died for us in love, not out of hatred, not out of anger. He never said a word, never spoke disrespect to anyone, but he laid down his life, and in the midst of his suffering and agony, he prayed for those who were, who were persecuting and crucifying him. And he prayed for the crowd who sent him there. Unbelievable. Everything he does, he does through love. And it says that he gives life 
through love. Now, God is the creator, but Christ gives life, and he gives life through love. 1 John 4, 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us because God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And this is, and this is the proof, is that when we do things and we do it in love, then we are displaying Christ. All right, and that is why when I opened up the service about talking about all this stuff in, in the services and the ministries that are happening, that we want to do it in a form of worship and glory to Jesus Christ. Because if you do anything out of duty and you do anything with a heart that's not in it, then it's not going to be blessed. Okay, now, now you may go and then you may, after a couple of times, your heart gets changed and, and then you start doing it in love. That's a different kind of story there. But when you serve out of love, then you serve and people can realize Jesus Christ in the first person as he lives through us because he is the life and it says that Romans but in Romans 5 8 but God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners Christ died for us and he did it out of love and here might be one of the most famous verses of all time and I always like to add the the adjoining verse because it it kind of puts a more of a um a more appropriate spin on it. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for everyone. Christ died for all. No evaluation of life. He didn't die for the rich and not the poor. He died for all. He died for every person on this earth, regardless of your skin color, your monetary value, your zip code, your your creed your your nationality he died for everyone and he loved and whosoever believes in him will never perish but they will live in everlasting glory with him forever and ever and then it says for god did not send his son into the world to condemn it now do you understand what that means it means that he did not come to place judgment on us and say you guys have been terrible i now condemn you he came and as these verses say over and over again in the midst of evil and in surrounded by persecutors and people spitting on him and lying on him and, and and being you know just torturing him he came and he died for them he died for all of us and he died for all of us and there's that last line that the world through him might be saved. In a new commandment, Jesus gives to us because he came and fulfilled the law. And here it is, that we love one another. There's the issue. There's the issue. Because when, when we can devalue someone's life, then, then there can't be love that exists between those two people. If you devalue somebody's life, you can't love them. It's impossible. And the Bible says that God is love. And if you have God in you, then you will show love. Okay? Now, you know, some people have to be protected, and there has to be different situations. But all people have to be treated with love and with value. And we cannot come to a place to where we devalue any kind of life. Any kind of life. And, and, and here's the great thing. If, if you're in that position or you have devalued life, 
Guess what? Jesus Christ died for you too. And you can be forgiven of that. And your heart can be changed. And that sin can be forgotten. It can be separated from you as far as the east is from the west. You know, there's no limit to God's love. There's no limit to it. There's no limit to his salvation. No limit. He died for us all. His blood can wash away and make the worst sinner white as snow. And it says that you love one another. And then he adds this little, this little technical talk here. And it says, as I have loved you. Well, how did he love us? He died for us even when we were sinners. At our worst state, he died for us. He loved us that much even when we were opposed to him. Even when we were in the worst state that he could find us in. He still loved us. And then he says, as I have loved you, that's how I need you to love one another. No life can be devalued. By this, we will all, everyone will know that we are his disciples. In the judgment there, the, the grading scale is how we have love for one another. And we're all heirs. It says there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Christ died for all of us. He places the same value on Bill Gates as he does on the poorest person in this country. And if you are, and if you are Christ, if you belong to Christ, then you are a seed of the promise of Abraham, and you will inherit eternal life forever because you're an heir according to the promise. So here's the, here, here's the, the summation. In a world that has gotten meaner and more divided, and uh, anger is spreading like wildfire, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, we're in the middle of separation, we're in the middle of uh, a lot of anxiety, um, we're in the middle of a, of a lot of uh, debate, and it's not good debate. Um, we're in the middle of contention. We're in the middle of hatred, of financial problems. Um, we have a, 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 a poor class that is growing and growing. The middle class is, is shrinking, and more money is, is being put into the pockets of a few. And that's just the economical truth of the matter. And, and it's getting tough. And, you know, jobs are, are disappearing from around here. And, and diseases don't stop. Just because COVID broke out, cancer, people still getting cancer. People still getting ALS. People still getting all this. And, and then you got families that are mourning, you know, the loss of a child. And they're mourning the loss of an uncle and a brother-in-law. And they're mourning parents. Um, I mean... The poor Tate family, they, they had to postpone their, you know, Dale's funeral because of the sickness in the rest of the family. I mean, horrible situations. People not getting to say goodbye to their loved ones. And then you throw in all the other troubles that we have just trying to get along in the best of times. I mean, <laughs> I can be impossible to get along with sometimes, even when things are at their best. And... We just need to understand and start at a foundational level 
that all life has value. It was formed, even before it was formed, it was given a purpose, and God knew it. We need to pray. We need to pray for love. We need to be loving people, uh, praying people. And if we can come to a point to where we value every life the same, oh my goodness, we can change this world forever. Dear God, I come to you now, and I just ask you to, to please let, let these words be given in love and, and in a proper way that's pleasing to you, and uh, remove my, my human errors, dear Lord, and my inability to communicate well. And dear God, just let this message hit home, dear Lord. We need, to, we need to come to where we love and respect every person because they are created in your image. And dear God, we know it's a tough world. We know that, that there are bad things that happen. But dear God, don't ever allow us to hate somebody. Keep us loving. In Christ's name we pray. Dave, go ahead, buddy.